Good morning, everyone. How's it going? Hope you are doing well this morning. We are in chapter 13 of the Pilgrim's Progress, and I'm really excited to start this new part. Uh, this, the portion with talkative, it's it's it was it's a it's a long it was a long part and it was very thorough. I'm thankful for that. The insight that comes from uh, that came from that discourse, if you will, that discussion with faithful and talkative and seeing the dangers of being someone who is religious only with their, uh, and I'm talking about a good religion, um, being a, a, a Christian and holding the faith only with the mouth and not in the heart. So now that we're beyond that, uh, it looks like Faithful and Pilgrim, as they walk together, found themselves in a wilderness. And that's where we will be picking up this morning. It says, Now when they were almost quite out of this wilderness, Faithful chanced to cast his eye back and espied one coming after them. And he knew him. Oh, said Faithful to his brother, who comes, who comes yonder? Then Christian looked and said, it is my good friend evangelist. Hey, it's my good friend too, said Faithful, for it was he that set me on the way to the gate. Now was evangelist come up to them and thus saluted them. Evangelist said, Peace be to you, dearly beloved, and peace be to your helpers. Welcome, welcome, my good evangelist, said Christian. The sight of thy countenance brings to my remembrance thy ancient kindness and unwearied labors for my eternal good. And a thousand times welcome, said good faithful. Thy company, O sweet evangelist, how desirable it is to us poor pilgrims. I have a note here from the author, and he says, A sincere and cordial love for gospel ministers under a sense of their being made instrumental to our soul's profit is a sure and blessed sign of a pilgrim's spirit. Hmm. Wow. Look at that. This is, this is something that I, that I've uh, always thought about is this, the relationship between the person who has believed and the person who came into that person's life and showed them the way that relationship should be as as often as it can be, I know there's many times where that person is in that person's life for a, a little bit and then they're gone, but that doesn't mean that 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 love and appreciation ever goes away for that person. Then said evangelist, "How how ha, how hath it fared with you, my friends, since the time of our last parting? What have you met with, and how have you behaved yourselves?" We have another note from the author. He says, To inquire after soul concerns and soul experience and prosperity should always be the business of the faithful ministers of Christ. But is not this sadly neglected? Oh, how often do ministers visit and depart without close, savory, experimental conversation with their people. Hence, both suffer present loss and much harm and the consequence. I think this is something that's very interesting that he he points out that the conversation between ministers 
and believers should always be after someone's soul. I, I, I know I've seen this in true ministers before where it wasn't about anything else other than how are things going? What is God what has God done in your life? What is he doing? Uh, and it's always about how are you spiritually? And this is the sign of somebody who is a true minister of Christ, a faithful minister. When it doesn't happen, when a, when a Christian minister does not inquire after someone's soul and it's always about something else, uh, then uh, there's some there's some danger there. Then Christian and faithful told him of all things that had happened to them in the way and how they with what difficult and how and with what difficulty they had arrived to that place. Right glad am I, said evangelist, not that you have met with trials, but that you have been victors. And for what you have, notwithstanding many weaknesses, continued in the way till this very day. I say right glad am I of this thing, and that both for mine own sake and yours. I have sowed, and you have reaped. The day is coming when both he that sowed and they that reaped shall rejoice together. That is if you that is if you hold out, for in due time ye shall reap, if ye faint not. <clears throat> the crown is before you, and it is an incorruptible one. <clears throat> We have a reference here to John chapter 4 and verse 36. John chapter 4 and verse 36. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Amen. We have another reference to Revelations chapter 3 and verse 11. Revelations 3. 11 says, Behold, I come quickly, hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And this is... Excuse <clears throat> me, my throat. Uh, this is... Interesting, I was uh, reading yesterday, listening to something yesterday, that had to do with temptation and our responsibility with temptation. You know, temptation before Christ is one thing, and temptation after Christ is another. And I I think this is something that we, uh, in the Christian realm, is really, it's not made as important as it should be. And that is this area of temptation, because it's discussed over and over in Scripture, and uh, the role it plays in our life must be considered. Uh, Revelations 3.10 says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I would ask uh, people who maybe have a, a religious background or believe uh, in some sort of uh, unrepentant, you know, there's no repentance is needed. You know, I would ask that the, 
for some better explanation than on verses like this where, you know, a sign of true faith and a sign of true faithfulness is this uh, trait of steadfastness because Christ says it's not the, the responsibility is not on you to hold fast to these principles or to make it through the temptation. No, the, the fact is when a person becomes a new creature, they are able to hold fast because they have Christ. Uh, and and we're, we are able to hold fast because we have Christ. You know, it's, it's not... It's not the responsibility. I've seen this so many times, this conversation, because I, I grew up in a religious environment where it was always, you know, works or grace. And it was always, um, you know, is this a work salvation doctrine or is this grace salvation? And there there is in Scripture uh, one and the same so grace does the work in the in the life of a person. If there is no work of grace, then there was no grace. But salvation is wrought by faith alone, uh, through faith in the grace of Christ. And it's something that it's something that works in a man, and it's something that we can't just make happen. You know, I saw someone make this illustration where they took this thorn tree and they wrapped fruit around the branches. And, you know, that was akin to a Christian or a, a professing believer, you know, not having these things in his life. And so just attaching these, the, the fruit that is plainly laid out in scripture, but attaching that to his life versus it coming out of the heart and having new desires and new uh, just a new a new life in general, uh, as is promised by Christ. Again, it's this that that is a works salvation that will fail every time where we attach these good things to our life to, and try to make ourselves better and recommit ourselves to being a good person. Uh, now, our commitment should be to Christ alone, and He promises in his time and in his way, he will change us and he will bring new life to us if we do not have it already. So back back to the text here. The crown is before you, says Evangelist, and it is an incorruptible one. So run that you may obtain it. Some there be that set out for this crown, and after they have gone far for it, another comes and takes it from them. Hold fast. Therefore, that you ha- that that you have, let no man take your crown. You are not yet out of the gunshot of the devil. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Let the kingdom be always before you, and believe steadfastly concerning the things that are invisible. Let nothing that is on this side the other world get within you, and above all. Look well to your own hearts and to and to the lust thereof, for they are deceitful above all, above all things, and desperately wicked. Set your faces like a flint. You have all power 
in heaven and on earth on your side. Mm. Amen, amen, amen. This is the type of words that we need to hear more and more from ministers of Christ. We have a note from the author. He says, here's a blessed word of encouragement, of warning and of exhortation to be steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, watchful over our hearts, and to abound in the work of the Lord. All this is cons- is constantly necessary for pilgrims. Faithful ministers will give advice, and pilgrims will be set- thankful for such. This admonition and this exhortation, this encouragement that's been given, is something that I know in my life I need more of. This is why I enjoy coming to uh, this book specifically because it is it's not just full of scripture but it's taking that scripture and reminding the reminding me of the the focus which is plainly to keep your eyes on Christ and be steadfast and continue forward in faith because it is possible it is possible to hold on for a little bit and then let go. And it and we're reminded that the kingdom is is uh not if, if we put our hand to the plow and turn back, that we're not fit for the kingdom. There is it is possible to have put your hand to the plow and turn back and put your hand to the plow and turn back and put your hand to the plow and turn back. But that is not the life of a believer. The life of a true believer puts his hand to the plow, doesn't turn back, and keeps his eyes forward. He doesn't lose the lusts. He doesn't lose his deceitful heart. The, the fact that our, the lust exists in our heart and that our heart is always deceiving us is something that we can't change until we lose this body. But what we can do is keep our eyes always forward and always believing Living, not just believing once by faith, but living by faith. You know, it's a song we always say, living by faith. Well, it's, it's not just a nice idea. It is, that's the requirement, is to live by faith. And and to live uh, victoriously. Victory uh, and success, if you will, in the Christian life is, is not you know, something that's a best case scenario. It's the only case scenario. Where are we at? Then said Christian, then Christian thanked him for his exhortation, but told him withal that they would have speak, that they would have him speak further to them for their help the rest of the way. And the rather for that they well knew that he was a prophet and could tell them of things that might happen unto them and also how they might resist and overcome them. To which request faithful also consented. So evangelists begin as followeth. My sons, you have heard in the words of the truth of the gospel that you must, through many tribulations, enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, that in every city, bonds and afflictions abide you. And therefore you cannot expect that you should go long in your pilgrimage without them in some sort or other. You have found something of the truth of these testimonies upon you already, 
and more will immediately follow. For now, as you see, you are almost out of this wilderness, and therefore you will soon come into a town that you will by and by see before you. And in that town you will be hardly beset with enemies who will strain hard, but they will kill you, and be sure that one or both of you must seal the testimony which you hold with blood. But be you faithful unto death, and the king will give you a crown of life. He that shall die there, although his death will be unnatural and his pain perhaps great, will yet have the better of his fellow, not only because he will have arrived at the celestial city soonest, but because he will escape many miseries that the other will meet with in the rest of his journey. But when you are come to the town and shall find fulfilled what I have related, then remember your friend and quit yourselves like men and commit the keeping of your souls to God in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Mm. So this is, I don't know if you how familiar you are with the story of the Pilgrim's Progress, but they're about to go into Vanity Fair. And an evangelist gives them this, this word here, telling them that one of you is going to die. One of you is going to have to be faithful unto the death. Your faith is going to be tried in your blood. And regardless of what happens, quit yourselves like men and commit the keeping of your souls to God. And wow, that, I, I love just how all throughout this, there's just like bits and pieces of scripture uh, interwoven. We have a note here from the author, and I'll go ahead and finish here for the day. He says, Woe unto them that fold their hands and fall fast asleep in strong confidence. You see what hard work yet laid before these pilgrims. Let us ever remember that this is not our rest. We must be pressing forward, fighting the good fight of faith laboring to enter that rest, which remaineth for the people of God. As we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, looking diligently, lest we fail of the grace of God. This, let it be remembered, is the work of God and not the of the creature. This is the most important thing to remember. There's a... Basically, all religion lines up until that very last point. Yes, do right, live right, be faithful, you know, strive for, you know, look diligently to God. And this is your responsibility. This is something you need to do. And all over everywhere, religion fails man over and over again because it is man reaching to God. It is man's attempt to grasp and to try to find that peace. And religion will always fail. The work of pressing forward and fighting and laboring to enter is a work of God and Him alone. And this isn't something that if you have not seen in your life, that won't ever come. This, this work that God does is something that he does and he does alone and he's the only one that gets the glory for it stay faithful 
keep your eyes forward and we are guaranteed we're guaranteed to have problems we're guaranteed we're promised in scripture that we will have uh, these hard times that trials will come i believe i can't remember which verse it's exactly but i believe if i can try to quote it says yea all those that live godly will suffer persecution that's some sort of uh, some sort of paraphrase there but anybody who attempts to live this way whose life becomes about god and whose life enters into this journey and, and this pilgrimage begins you can be guaranteed life isn't going to be easy our rest isn't now the the doesn't come does that 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 fulfillment that that just place of rest is in our future uh, for now we remain labor now doesn't mean we can't experience rest at times but that doesn't characterize our life our life is characterized by laboring wrestling we wrestle not against flesh and blood but we do wrestle against principalities powers spiritual wickedness in high places. This is what we wrestle against. This is what we fight against, what we labor against. Uh, we have to be careful the uh, the world and Satan and everything that and we'll see as we go into Vanity Fair in the next few days is trying to get us to be uh, distracted, to get our eyes off of the prize and, and to just relax and say, you know what? I'll just wait till Jesus comes back. I'm just going to rest and do nothing. Uh, I'm just going to build a wall around my house and and just stay here and find peace and living this way. You can do that. It's possible. It's what Lot did in Sodom with his family. Uh, he saved himself. You know, he he vexed his righteous soul daily and lost his family, lost his wife, lost his lost everything. Uh, if that's not where you, I don't know, that's not where I want to be, then we can't just keep our faith to ourselves. We can't live this life without pressing forward, without fighting the good fight, else we will lose our family. And if we're not careful, you know, we could be deceived in that rest that we have, and, and we could, you know, we could lose our own soul. And we're worried about that. What good is it to have all the things in the world if we lose our own soul? So, guys, thanks so much for... And girls, I know my mom and sister watch along. So, <laughs> hope you all have a great day. Thank you all for joining along this morning. And I hope that uh, if you've taken the time to listen to this at all, that you would look to Christ and find your peace and hope in him alone. He is the only one and the only answer for the problems that we face today. Thank you again, guys, and God bless you. Take care.